today. Even in the power, I'm alive, I'm alive. 
King 
Bless your majesty and worth. Let the earth, let the earth, let the rulers of your kingdom, let your name without reserve. Let the earth, let the
this earth father may your people begin to rise up and tear down the walls push back the darkness hallelujah jesus 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just linger in this moment. So much of the enemy's tactic for this year has been uh, to instill fear in the hearts of people. An acronym for fear that is so appropriate is false evidence appearing real. And so much of what the enemy has propagated is this, this thought of God not being strong enough that God not being all powerful not able to sustain or maintain his people but church that's a lie God is more than able he is more than able his ability to to move in our lives and in our church and in our world is not relegated to his power, but it's simply the amount of authority that his people will take and walk in every day. He is all-powerful. And he can accomplish whatever he desires, and yet he chooses to move through the, the lives of men and women. He chooses to allow us to be his carriers of hope, his carriers of his power to this world to make a difference. When it says, let the rumors of his kingdom, those rumors are spread from us. Everywhere we go, being carriers of the message of hope, of life. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for your ability to rise above whatever circumstance, whatever situation, whatever challenge we may face. We just pray today your blessing would continue to be experienced here in this moment. Praise God. We thank you in your name. Amen. Praise God. Before uh, we let you sit down, I'd like to just celebrate one moment. You know, there are major moments in every uh, life, every church, every person. And, uh, you know, we have uh, our, uh, our lead elder in our church um, today. He's also vice chair of our board. He's celebrating a birthday today, uh, is the rumor. And so we're going to celebrate uh, Brother Jerry here just for a moment and wish him a happy birthday. So if you would help me uh, sing happy birthday to Brother Jerry. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Jerry. Happy birthday to you. And many more. I'm not going to tell you who told us that, Jerry, but I think you probably can figure it out. 
Um, but uh, uh, before you sit down, shake somebody's hand. Just greet somebody in the Lord today. Max, I love the hat there, buddy. Good job. I got my boots on. I just didn't bring my hat, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of 2021. And I am excited. I am excited about setting the tone for where uh, 2021 is going. Now, some of you are still chatting. You know, you give a few people a few handshakes and they're going to greet everybody, right? You think some of these people haven't seen a person for, you know, a week. All righty. So, next Sunday... It actually is going to be starting our week of prayer and fasting. So next Sunday, starting at 10 a.m. Everybody say 10 a.m. Now what time does service start? 10.30. But at 10 a.m., this is going to be a place of prayer. So we're going to have music on, and I'm inviting you to come and spend that first 30 minutes before service uh, I'd love to fill this place with everyone here, praying for the service, praying for this next year, and then that following week, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. every night, we have a time of prayer from 6 to 7. So, um, and I'm inviting you to, to come out and to pray every night, pray that God will uh, make a significant impact in this community, in this church, uh, in our uh, in our lives that we can reach and touch this world. Um, and so I'm asking you to make a decision regarding fasting. Now, we've had lots of conversation around fasting over the years. Fasting is a simple process of denying yourself um, something that you truly desire. And most, most areas of fasting are around food, um, we've done a lot of teaching on the Daniel fast, where you give up meat, you you go back to a very simple, and you can work, you can Google it and pull up a lot of information on the Daniel fast. I'm not talking about fasting per se um, to give you a foundation of that. What I'm asking you to do, you are smart individuals, right? How many of you are a smart individual? How many of you have a smartphone? Okay, there is absolutely no reason you can't look up what fasting is. Um, the issue is never lack of information, it's lack of desire, let's be honest. Most of the time, we have no desire to fast because nobody really loves giving up food. Um, you know, we, we like our food um, when we want it, how we want it, and, and we try to focus on that. So next week, though, 
I'm asking you to set aside from Sunday through Saturday next week and uh, decide you're going to choose, you know, if you do an all-food fast and you just do liquids, it will not kill you, okay? Let me just preface that. Some people say, well, man can't live without food longer than three days. That is not accurate. (laughs) You can survive. And um, so I just want you to pray and I want you to seek God on what he's telling you to do. Because one thing I know, God will speak to you about what he wants you to do. But that starts next. Um, Actually, technically, if you want to start really on the, the first day of the year, if you're going to do a Daniel fast from January 1, you know, then you can pick January 1st. That's when I'm starting my fast. And, and I'm going to go through, you know, as long as the Lord tells me. And so I just want to encourage you to, to make a plan today. Because if you don't make a plan, you definitely won't do anything. Because if you just do, do what you decide when you wake up in the morning, typically when you wake up in the morning, you want to eat. You want to do what pleases the body. So make a plan today, and then next week be ready to put that plan into action. But next Sunday, 10 a.m., and I will send lots of notices out on email and on our crew app, but next week at 10 a.m., this place is a place of prayer. Service will still start at 10.30, and we'll go from there, but I want you to be ready for that. Also, right after service today, we're going to quickly take all of our Christmas decorations down because this week I'm going to be setting this place up. Um, with our our prayers on the walls that we do to just help you give some uh, direction as you're praying. And so I need to be able to do that this week. So right after service today, we're going to take 30 minutes to an hour, whatever it takes, and just quickly take all these decorations down. As many of you that can help on that, you would be a blessing. Um, Also, normally we hand out tithe envelopes um, for you every year. Um, We're asking this, you know, we know a lot of people aren't using them because um, they get them in the office and we keep those, we store them, um, and and the majority are not using. And so to cut down on expense, we're just inviting you to use the offering envelopes that are in the uh, pew there in in front of you. And if you know your number, it's still assigned to you. If you need to know that, you can talk to Jennifer. She'll tell you what your number is and you can write that on there. Um, But we're going to just utilize those this year, and you can still fill out all the necessary information. We're just trying to be good stewards of the monies that we're spending, and those weren't being utilized a lot, so we thought, let's let's just have you use the the pew envelopes that we already provide you, and it just makes it simple on that. All right? Are we good? All right. How many of you can travel back a few months and tell me what the first Sunday I preached this year was? I'm, I'm, one, of, one, of my, one of my dear friends in South Dakota, uh, he is a journaler, um, and he literally, he takes notes of, he took notes of every sermon I ever did, and I mean, they were detailed notes, and he literally could go back and almost preach every message, and he could just open his journal up and go back to that date because he you know, he, every year he started a new journal, and he could tell you the entire content of that message. Um, so it was just amazing. I'm not actually expecting you to have all that information locked in your head, really. I'm giving you a break there. Uh, my message last uh, January uh, was, I can see clearly now. 
How many of you can see clearly now? We have made it through 2020. And how many of you are really excited about getting through 2020? Is there anyone here that's excited? You want 2020 to be done? How many of you learned a new skill this year? Is there anyone? How many of you accomplished something new this year that you wouldn't have done in another normal year? You know, some people look at 2020 because of the challenges that it presented, and, um, and they spent the majority of their time whining and complaining about how different things were. Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand if that was one of you. I'm not singling you out. I am sure I've, throughout this last year, had a few moments that I've whined and complained as well. But the one thing that I've come to realize as I was preparing for this week, every day that I choose to whine and complain, I actually miss out on the opportunities that God has already provided for me. God never promised me that my life would be without obstacle, without challenge, without difficulty. You realize that, right? Sometimes we think that, you know, because I accepted Christ, life was going to be smooth and easy. How many of you ever experienced smooth and easy just because you said yes to Jesus? You know, I'm glad nobody raised their hand because the truth is, it's smooth and easy is not part of the, it's not part of the contract. (laughs) You know, if you read your contract, which is the Word of God, When you say yes to Jesus, the Word of God lays out for you what life will be like. And and really, it is filled with lessons that tell you life will be challenging, difficult, with some obstacles. The truth is, God wants you to grow. And we don't grow when life is easy. We, We grow through resistance. We grow through some obstacles. We grow through challenges. Do you know where, um, where the church is growing the fastest at? What was that, Butch? Did you say something? No. Oh, per, sorry. You and, you, know, you and your dad sound similar at times there. In persecuted countries. <laughs> so, the church actually... Is, is growing at huge rates in persecuted countries. Areas where literally your life is on the line if you profess Christ. Where they have to hide in areas to have church. Where, where they have to hide their Bible because it's illegal to have them. See, it's in those areas that really Christians are coming to Christ in droves. Areas where literally they will be excommunicated from their families. They will be be beat and, and lives taken simply because they have professed Jesus Christ. See, that's what rough is. We think because, you know, we had a few obstacles come our way this week that life was going to be difficult, that life was going to be challenging. We just got used to it being e- or, or easy for us. And, and sometimes a little challenge is good. Last, uh, last January, my first message, I, I utilized 1 Kings. And we're going to turn there today. 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm just going to give you the first two verses. And it says, 
It was now three years since it had rained. How many, does that sound like difficult times? We lived in South Dakota during a period of time where um, it had gone uh, years without any significant rain. Now, if you've never been there, South Dakota, at least where we were at in western South Dakota, uh, heavily treed areas, pine trees. You know, the, uh, they're called the Black Hills of South Dakota, and it's because the pine trees literally look black from the sky. It is just, they're, they're so rich and dark. And you know what? Pine trees, with it, when they don't have water, are very flammable. They're very dangerous. And so we were there, and fires, when they'd start, I mean, they would burn, you know, thousands of acres many times before they got those out because they were so dangerous. So I understand drought can have significant impact. And so we're told here that it had been three years since it had rained. A message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, go, speak to Ahab. Then I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to speak to Ahab. Let's pray. Father, I pray today that through your word we would be challenged uh, to live differently today and from this point forward. Father, we can't go back and change anything that happened before this moment, but we can change everything that happens from this moment forward. Help us to take responsibility for our lives, for our decisions, for our actions. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Nobody but God knows exactly what will happen in our future, right? He not only knows, but he also at times gives us glimpses into the things that will come. These, these glimpses into the future prepare us for what is to come. They, they create an awareness. Uh, they create an, an opportunity for us to prepare differently. Now this year, or th- today, I did not give you any blanks to fill in because I didn't want you to be fixated on making sure you filled in a blank. I want you to take notes as you go for the things that actually stand out to you that want, you want to work on in your lives. I, I believe that God gives us glimpses when we need to, when things are desperate and challenging. And, and many times we don't realize the glimpse into our future actually comes from God's Word. I, I look at the message that Elijah brought to Ahab, or that God brought to Elijah, and he says, I want you to go and speak to King Ahab. And the, he, he, he sent off to tell the king, prepare for rain. To prepare for rain. Does that sound like something that we need today? Where we need, we need something that will bring a refreshing, something that will bring life, something that will turn the tide on all of the things that are going on all around us. It is my observation of this passage that over this last year, we've experienced some of the the mentalities, some of the challenges, some of the things that really come as a result of a drought going on. And as I looked at the message that we, we presented last year, the message was go and tell 
to prepare for rain. How many of you spent your time this year telling those individuals that you came in contact with to prepare for rain? That even in the midst of your difficult moment, even in the midst of of what you felt was oppressive, challenging, how many of you said prepare for rain? That God was going to send His Spirit to do something amazing. He was going to send His Spirit to do something refreshing. As I am reading the different posts that are going on all around me, there are individuals that are talking about 2021 being another year of persecution, uh, of challenge, of trial. And, And I'm not here to tell you it will or it won't. That's not the issue. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter if there's persecution or not. What matters is, how do we respond when the difficulties and challenges come? If persecution were to happen for the church, do you know God's Word actually speaks to that as well? That, you know, in the last days, persecution is going to happen? And so the word to prepare for rain is a, is a word to prepare for God's presence to be able to do something significant in our lives. And I want you to begin to mentally prepare yourself for what this next year can bring. Because the only reason that this next year will have anything negative to it in your life is if you choose to live a life that doesn't recognize and acknowledge God's presence and how it wants to move in and through you. Let's continue on with our readings that we had from the first service. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. He says, Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. I can hear the sound of heavy rain. The message for Ahab was to eat and drink. This was significant because of the three years of, uh, of drought that they had just come through. Food was going to be scarce. Water was going to be scarce. And yet, Elijah saying to go and eat and drink and to prepare for a heavy rain. Not just a drizzle. Not just a sprinkling. Um, I lived in Oregon for seven years, and, and, and Oregon and the Washington area up there is famous for rain all year long almost, you know. It just, and it's, most of the time, it is not this torrential downpour. A lot of times, it's just this drizzle of a rain. It's enough that, you know, if you're, if you're not motivated, it'll keep you inside. Now, living there seven years, I learned you didn't stop going out and doing activities because it was raining. Otherwise, you would never go out and do activities. So we'd go out and we'd, you know, as I was a youth pastor during that time, and we'd go out as a youth group to the coast or whatever we were going to do, whether it was raining or not. We didn't cancel just because a little moisture. That, see, that was just a sprinkle. Now, he didn't say that. He says a heavy rain. It was, this was going to be a, a downpour of, a, a, of prophetic substance. So Elijah's telling him to go out and to begin to do those things that were part of your, 
that used to be part of your normal activities to eat, to drink, and to get ready. Because you were going to need the nourishment to experience what God had next. Elijah was telling him the blessing was coming. At verse 42 it says, So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down towards the ground. Then he put his face between his knees. And then he said, go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. So he went up and looked. And I don't see anything there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time the servant said, I see a cloud. It's as small as a man's hand. It's coming up over the sea. Elijah said, go to Ahab. Tell him. Tie your chariot to your horse. Go down to Jezreel before the rain stops you. Black clouds filled the sky. The wind came up and a heavy rain began to fall. Ahab rode to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. He tucked his coat into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. What an experience! From, from a moment of prophetic significance, God gave the word to Elijah. And Elijah had to have the boldness to be able to go say, King, listen, this is the word of the Lord. Eat and drink because I'm getting ready to do something amazing. I'm getting ready to, to really touch the entire area with my presence. What, what a promise from God. And then after he ate, and, he ate and drank, and then he told his servant to go and tell him to hitch up your chariot, and you better go fast. Because what is coming is going to have the ability to stop you if you're not at your destination already. What a promise that God's presence was going to have the ability to so overwhelm that area. And I believe that is a prophetic word for us today, that what God is desiring to do in our lives, this year has been a year of preparation. And for those who have truly prepared themselves, for those who have, have created a mindset that a little opposition, a little uh, persecution, uh, a little uh, resistance is not bad and they still chose to live their life and prepare for what is next, they're going to be more equipped and more ready for what's ahead of them. I believe God wants to do something in and through this church. Our four uh, communication points um, for uh, last year was, or beginning of the year were prayer, persistence, proclamation, and passion. And I believe these four areas are still so very powerful for us. That prayer should always be part of our lifestyle. It's not something that we just do on Sunday morning. That persistence needs to be part of our attitude. We need to be willing to persist regardless of whatever comes our way. Proclamation is essential. We need to be men and women who declare the promises of God no matter what is coming at us, no matter the challenges or difficulties. We are called to proclaim His good news. And there should be some passionate about it. We should be the most passionate people in the world. Some of you, that was weak. <laughs> I talk passion, and you give me this little amen that just rolls off your tongue. 
There is, there is something that I love about my wife more than, you know, probably anybody that I've ever heard participate in a church service. And that is, her responses literally contain so much passion when she responds. It, it, is, it, is very, it, is, it is very heartfelt. It is not something that is, I feel is manufactured. It is, she believes in that thing that she is saying. So I want you to understand, church, there should be some passion involved in our lives when we are declaring the things of God. Now, I'm not here to tell you everything is going to be rosy and, 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 and full of donuts and cakes. Because that is just like a lot of poundage going on in your life. Sometimes we need to refine the process. Right? Sometimes we need to, we need to get ourselves in, a, in fighting shape. How many of you have ever uh, prepared for a, a, a game, a, a race, um, a fight, whatever it was? How, it it took, takes more work, right? There's an app out there that talks about uh, couch to 5K, and it literally tells you what you need to do to go from a person who lives a sedentary lifestyle, sitting on a couch all the time, to get ready to run a 5K. From day to day, it tells you the things that you need to do to prepare yourself. Now, there are, there are apps out there that really set it up if you're going to run a marathon, how you prepare. And, and everything that you could want to do physically, there are literally programs, there are apps to tell you what you need to do every day, multiple times throughout the day to prepare yourself. You know, God's Word gives us this, this same type of program to prepare ourselves for what comes our way. Thy word have I, have I hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against you. You know, Jeremiah said, thy word was found, and your word became the joy and rejoicing of my soul. It motivated him. See, God's word, when we begin to hide God's word in our lives, and we begin to apply these, these scriptural principles to the daily things that we are doing, when challenges come at us, we have to declare God's word over that challenge. You know, that is, over this last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of discouraging moments. And um, most of the time, I am, I am the person who sees the positive coming out of any situation. In every person. I, it is part of my, my mentality. I always believe the very best in every person. It is difficult for me to not trust that someone, something good is going to come out of an individual. It's just part of, part of how God made me. And I'm not interested in changing that. I would rather believe in the positive uh, ability of someone to accomplish something for the kingdom of God than to say, well, they'll never do that. Because you know what? There's plenty of people in our world that do that. I don't need to be one of them. So I believe in it. But this last couple weeks, I had a couple of moments of discouragement. And the thing that I literally felt I heard from God is to begin to declare my word over those things. 
And, and I began to go back into some of the things that I had recorded. I've got in my uh, Dropbox account all these things that I've recorded, these different affirmations. And, and I just started pulling them out, and I started reworking them to speak specifically to the situations that I was struggling with. There are so many scriptures throughout the Word of God that have the ability to speak to what we're struggling with today. And if we will, I'm not asking you to manipulate God's Word to say something that it was not intended to say, but sometimes we need to personalize it. And we need to fill our name in to the, the verses that we are reading so that we can begin to see the potential that God can do in and through us. And that's what I began to do. I needed to find uh, that, that moment of passion to see that God was still in control in this moment. See, I believe God gave, gives us the ability to navigate every difficult time that could come at, upon us simply because His Word has the ability to speak into every situation. See, the Word of God is eternal. And it is just as powerful today as it was the day it was written. But we need to begin to apply it appropriately. Let me go back into one more chapter here, 1 Kings 17. And, and really, if you've never read through Kings, there are so many encouraging messages in the book of Kings. But 1 Kings chapter 17, and because I say 1 Kings, you have to understand there's a 2 Kings also. But we're going to just deal with this, this last set of verses for today. 1 Kings 17 verses 8, to, 8 through 14 says this. Then the word of the Lord came to him. So Elijah, again, is that man where God continues to speak to him because he's a ready vessel. So I believe, number one, you need to understand, God will begin to speak to you if you prepare yourself to hear. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came down to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And, I, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. See, so see, this, this widow was in that same region that was experiencing this drought. And this drought was affecting her life too. And she was preparing to die. And Elijah said to her in verse 13, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. This woman is preparing for her last supper, and the 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 servant of God comes 
at a moment she is desperate. She has nothing left, no resources, and no way to get them. She's a widow in the midst of a drought. Being a widow already means you're in a difficult challenge because you don't, you don't have that male provider in your home taking care of you. In her, in her time, a widow was dependent upon other people to accomplish anything because she didn't have the ability to accomplish it on her own. And so she was in a desperate situation with little hope. And the man of God shows up and asks the impossible question, fix me a meal first. Serve me first. And if you do, God will meet you in your lack to fulfill your need. And with a gentle confidence, Elijah was able to bring that message, do not fear. Again, going back to what we said earlier, we cannot be men and women who are captivated by fear because fear is not something that God wants us to live in. I don't care what's going on in our world. I don't care what people try to instill in us. I am not going to choose to live a life based on fear. I'm just not going to do it. I have the the Spirit of God living in me. Greater is He that is within me than he that is in this world. And I'm going to choose to live with that level of confidence every day. Regardless of what comes. God met this woman and she, she, if you read further on, she did what she was asked of. And she made the, the, the bread for him and, and she brought him a, a cup of water. Again, a, a very precious thing in the midst of a drought. And God began to move and he, he began to fill the oil jar. Again, symbolic of his spirit, his presence. Flower, again, has symbolism throughout Scripture about God's provision, about God's blessing. So when you begin to, to talk about these things, you know, the ability of God to, to sustain His people in the midst of a difficult time, God's presence is more than enough to take care of us. When Jesus was in the middle of a, uh, or at, towards the end of His fast of 40 days, the enemy came at him and he, and he was trying to get him to turn rocks into what? Bread. Because he wanted him to, he wanted him to see that, you know what, this fast isn't what you need, you're, it's all about. You need to eat. And he said what? What was, it, what was this famous phrase that man shall not live by bread alone, but by everything, every word that proceeds... From the mouth of God. The Word of God. His Word, the Word of God, our Bible, is literally the words that He has declared for us to apply to our lives every day. And whatever you are struggling with, whatever you are dealing with, God wants to inspire you. God wants to, uh, to give you the opportunity to live beyond your situation simply because you've found hope in God's Word. Going back to what Elijah said in, in, ver, in chapter 18, he says, get ready, I'm sending rain. I'm sending rain. 
He told his servant six you know, times to go out and look, and the servant found nothing. And on the seventh time, as Elijah maintained his, his attitude of prayer, he maintained his position of prayer, on that seventh time, the servant comes back and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And that was all he needed. He just needed a sign to know that it was time. And it was from that moment that God began to break loose the blessing of God and begin to do something that was going to flood the earth with His presence. Regardless of what 2020 has brought you, for me as I look back at 2020, and it has caused me to go deeper into God's Word, it has caused me to be more active in doing the things that God has called me to do, It's giving me the ability to see that God can accomplish all things through His Word, through His presence working in my life and through my life. See, the thing that I came to realize is the potential of this last year was always just in the palm of my hand. It was in my ability to apply the Word of God. The potential of this last year was always on the tip of my tongue. The ability to declare God's word over every situation that I was dealing with. The potential of this year was in these three words. It is written. Don't allow this last week of 2020 to slip away without you finding the fulfillment of God's presence in some activity, in something you do. Let this year this last week of this year be one of the most significant of your lives because of what you do for the kingdom of God. I've got three questions as I close. And it applies to this message and really it can apply to this year. What did you hear? How does that apply to you? And what will you do with this information? What did you hear? How does this apply to you? And what will you do with this information? See, whatever truth we come to, we need to be able to to write down what we hear. We need to figure out how it applies to us. And then we need to do something with it. Because it doesn't, we're not just called to be individuals who acquire truth and do nothing with it. That's called a library. The library is full of books, and a library doesn't do anybody any good just by itself. A library is not going to go out and change the world. But when you take the truth found in God's Word, and you apply it to your life, and you let it bring about a change, and then you go do something with it, then you become the instrument by which God begins to transform this world You have the ability. So I encourage you, I challenge you to let this week be the most significant week of the entire year. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day and I pray your blessing on the things that you have spoken to us and through us this year. That, Father, as we have continued to honor you, applying your word to our daily lives, Father, that you would help us to apply it to our lives daily, 
and to allow it to move us to action. That we may be about the transform the transformative work that your spirit desires to do, not only in our lives, our families, and our communities, but in this world that we live in. Father, help us to be instruments available to you to accomplish whatever is necessary to bring about your plan for this world. And as we prepare for this new year, Father, I pray that we would set in motion the plans for our time of fasting, our times of prayer that we're going to do, the times of reading your word, the things that truly will be instruments to prepare us for an amazing 2021. Far beyond anything that we could ever think or imagine. We thank you for that. We ask your blessing on these things in your name. Amen. Don't allow the week to get away from you. Spend time preparing for this next year, this week. And spend time doing something with all you've learned this year. All righty. At this time, we're going to wait upon you for our morning tithes and offerings. We only got one offering plate that... We're waiting one moment. Jerry said just one moment. So uh, anybody have a testimony they'd like to share? Miss Constance. And then we'll get you, Brother Jerry. Uh-huh. Amen. God, God went before and prepared the way, didn't he? Amen. We got, God's got this, Miss Constance. We're praying for you. Brother Jerry. Let me get you a microphone, brother. We're going to turn on red because I think you're going to be on fire, right? I'm not turning on red because it doesn't have batteries in it. Blue. Or yellow. And we got all these colors, you know. <laughs> Looky there. I think that one's on. It's easier than me trying to unstrap this one around my head, so. Well, first I want to thank you for uh, wishing me happy birthday. Who ever thought I was going to be the oldest guy in church? I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't. I never thought that. But anyway, you're going to be hearing this, this year, you're going to be hearing from uh, the, the board or the trustees and the elders on occasion, and we want to talk to you a little bit about giving. Now, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit because I, most of you here are givers, but we are in a position where we don't have all the money we really need to run the church. We're doing the best we can. I mean, we're, we're cutting things that we can cut, and uh, we're, not, we're planning on not touching payroll at all. But what we have to do is cut back on the spending that we have. Now, there's two ways to address this. To cut back on spending, which we will do, but to increase our giving. And this is what I, I'm, I'm asking right now, for you to think about how is my giving? Am I tithing? Am I giving beyond my tithe? And, you know, if we're, 
if we are Christians involved in our church, we need to support it. And we need to take a look at, you know, our pocketbook and saying, you know, is this, is this really my thing that I'm, that I'm doing, this Christianity thing? Am I supporting this or am I just kind of floating along? And only you can answer that question. I can't answer that for you and neither can the pastor or anybody else. You have to be the one that looks into yourself and says, am I doing everything I can do to, to keep my church moving and growing and being what we want it to be in this community? So I just wanted you to think about that a little bit. And God bless you and have a great new year. Amen. Thank you, brother. You know, age definitely gives you the ability to say things uh, that certain people don't have the authority to say, right? So thank you, brother, for uh, challenging us, and uh, praise God. Let us uh, receive our uh, tithing offering here. Let's pray. Father, we pray your blessing on this offering. We pray you that you would continue to... Uh, bless each individual as they do what you've instructed us in, our, in your word to, to do. Um, I pray that you would multiply it to meet the needs of the body, and we thank you for uh, it and all that you do. In your name, amen. Now, I want you all to know while they're doing that, our, our board has been very faithful in working with the funds. You know, this year was not the year that we planned. Um, we are down, you know, uh, several thousand dollars compared to where we thought we would be this year. But when you look at our expenditures, we have every one of those are down to where we're meeting. Uh, we have met work with what has come in. And so that has been um, because your board has been very faithful in honoring those things that, you know, really was set before them. So I uh, just want you to know they, they work, uh, you know, every month making sure that we're doing the right thing with the mon monies coming in. And I appreciate that about them. So um, this time, I want to release you to greet one another. In just a few minutes, we're going to start uh, taking down the Christmas decorations. If you're available to do that, uh, Miss Jennifer is going to be getting out different boxes and everything that can go into. She'll get the tree boxes out, getting those ready. And then uh, all the decorations from doors to, you know, foyer need to be brought into the back row there. And we'll put them in the right boxes to put them away. God bless you. Love on one another.